pro-independence group Taiwan Nation has once again questioned the ROC's legal claim over Taiwan. The group was demonstrating outside a seminar held by the KMT for Retrocession Day. This Sunday marks the 75th year since Retrocession Day when Japan surrendered Taiwan to the Allies after World War II. On Thursday, the KMT's chairman attended a party-held seminar on Retrocession Day. At the venue's entrance, he was greeted by protests from Taiwan Nation. In pressing for a Taiwan nation, every utterance and every word they make is directed at destroying the ROC. What is the sense in that? Were they sent by the CCP? If you want to stand with the communists, don't use Taiwan independence as a pretext. I'll say it again. If you want Taiwan independence, take your cause to Tsai Ing-wen. If you want to protect the ROC, please come to me. Taiwan nation said that after the end of World War II, the defeated empire of Japan surrendered Taiwan but did not identify a receiving party. Chiang Kai-shek's army had provisionally accepted Taiwan on behalf of the Allied forces. A group spokesman contended that the Cairo Declaration, which required Japan to cede Taiwan to the ROC, was an unsigned press communique and was therefore not legally binding. He asked the KMT to produce a legal basis for the ROC government on Taiwan. The Cairo Declaration states that Taiwan and the Pescadores are to be restored to the ROC. Who else could the receiving party be? If Taiwan had not been handed over to the ROC, then our current president, Tsai Ing-wen, you are the president of the ROC. Where is your jurisdiction? Is it only Jingmen and Matsu? If the Tsai Ing-wen administration can produce the evidence, then the Tsai Ing-wen administration can come to me to collect 100 million NT. No problem. The Cairo Declaration is fundamentally false. Taiwan Nation asked ruling and opposition parties to provide proof of the ROC's legitimacy on Taiwan. Inside the seminar on Thursday, KMT Chairman Chiang defended his party's plan to celebrate Retrocession Day this Sunday. Across the strait, the Taiwan Affairs Office has moved to claim Taiwan as a territory by declaring that it too will hold Retrocession Day activity. As a result, the KMT has come under fire for acting in concert with Beijing. The ruling party has begun relentlessly painting us as communist, saying that we are singing the same tune as China. And now there are protests outside by an independence faction. Sometimes I feel that the situation is so funny. It shows that some people are so afraid of discussing Retrocession Day, of talking about the relationship between the ROC and Taiwan. Mounting a defense of the ROC, Chang said that the purpose of Thursday's seminar was to take an unflinching look at the past, to prevent history from being forgotten or downplayed. A bill to amend the constitution has received signatures from 58 lawmakers, successfully crossing the first threshold for ratification. If the bill passes, it would remove mention of the Taiwan provincial government, which is already defunct. It would also add a clause that describes the current state of Taiwan's administrative system, which features six special municipalities. The bill's authors are from a DPP faction called Taiwan Normal Country Promotion Association. They say the bill does not seek to change Taiwan's name, flag or national anthem. Uh 
Calling for the normalization of Taiwan, DPP lawmakers stand in a row at this press conference promoting constitutional amendments. A lawmaker in a DPP faction has unveiled a bill that's garnered half of legislature support in just three days. In addition to signatures from DPP lawmakers, the bill has support from new power parties Zhou Xianzhi and Claire Wang, the Taiwan State Building Party's Chen Bowei, and independent lawmaker Freddie Lim. Some people are always trying to slap a label on us, always framing this issue in terms of unification or independence. We'd like to clarify to everyone that this is completely unrelated to issues of unification or independence. We're working within the status quo. There would be no changes to the national flag, the national anthem, or the name of our country. The current ROC constitution has parts that are out of date. It needs to keep up with the times. The inclusion of the six special municipalities in the constitution would be more in line with the existing administrative system. Not only is this bill in line with what opinion polls show, we will hold public hearings to collect ideas from people across society. To amend the constitution, there are high thresholds to scale. First, a bill must be proposed by at least a quarter of all lawmakers. Next, it must be voted on in a session where three-fourths of lawmakers are present. To pass, three-fourths of the lawmakers present must be in favor. After that, it enters a notice period of six months before being put to a national referendum, where half of all voters must vote yes. Because it's such a lengthy and monumental task, lawmakers say they'll hold hearings to gather opinions. Actually, in Ilan County, I've already held two discussion sessions on constitutional reform. The people at the events responded very passionately. We also invited lawmakers and experts and scholars to join the discussion. DPP lawmakers say they have drafted amendments that move toward normalizing Taiwan's status while adhering to the nation's status quo. Lawmaker Chen Tingfei emphasized that the bill does not touch issues of unification or independence. She said revising the constitution would improve the welfare of the people and make Taiwan a priority. If you ever go shopping, you've likely been on the receiving end of a strong sales pitch. But some marketers go further than others in pushing their products. In the worst cases, consumers may be coerced into spending money just to get away. The Consumers Foundation wants consumers to know their rights to make it harder to be pressurized into unwanted purchases. An array of cosmetic products. It's not the outcome of a fun shopping spree. One customer was coerced into buying them all after she filled in a questionnaire. I followed him into the workshop. He started showing me the company's products and he demanded that I buy some to go along with a free facial. In May, a woman surnamed Sue encountered a cosmetic salesman on a shopping street. She filled out a marketing questionnaire and was led into the shop, where she was pressed by a stream of different employees to buy products. Feeling overwhelmed, she took out her credit card and bought 60,000 NT worth of cosmetics. Back at home, she felt misgivings about the purchases. Three days later, she went back for a refund, but the store claimed she was ineligible because the packaging had been opened. An off-premises contract is any kind of strategy like a passive questionnaire or other strategies to get you passively into the store to consume or to receive a service. For all of them, there's a law that the contract can be dissolved any time up to seven days after it's made. There are many similar stories. The Consumer Protection Committee received 498 such complaints in six months. Taipei City government fielded 522 complaints and the Consumers Foundation, 83. Of those, the largest sum lost was 730,000 NT. With good intentions, you say yes to filling in a question, and when it's done, you can leave. 
You can accept a free exfoliation. You kindly let them give you a free exfoliation, no problem. But you must remember, leave as soon as your free service is complete. Laws on standard contracts state that even if a product's packaging has been opened, consumers can return it for a refund within seven days. A new amendment to laws on beauty service contracts proposes a tiny change, stipulating a maximum service charge of 10% of the product's price if the packaging is damaged. If you are ever pressured by marketers, make sure to insist on your rights. Northern Taiwan is getting some drought relief thanks to northeasterly winds and the peripheral effects of a nearby tropical storm. Successful cloud seeding has filled up the north's Feitsui Reservoir to over 70 percent. Sherman Reservoir in Taoyuan received a modest boost to fill up more than halfway. But farther down south, the drought remains dire. Water levels have dipped below 30 percent capacity at the Zhengwen Reservoir, Taiwan's largest. Tainan Mayor Huang Weizhe says water rationing may start if rains don't come soon. The economics ministry says it's working on expanding the water supply through underground drilling and desalinization. Council of Agriculture has launched an exhibition featuring its R&D for the circular economy. Since 2017, its scientists have created dozens of ways to turn agricultural waste into valuable material. About 4.8 million metric tons of oyster shells, animal waste and other garbage are produced by Taiwan's agriculture industry each year. Researchers have found ways to turn them into products like biofuel, dietary supplements and even cat litter. Taiwan's west coast is home to a thriving oyster farming industry that produces mountains of oyster shells. According to the Council of Agriculture, the industry produces roughly 160,000 metric tons of oyster shells every year. Dumped oyster shells pollute the environment and they attract flies and mosquitoes. But researchers have developed a way to extract calcium carbonate from discarded shells to be used as a nutritional dietary supplement. The fisheries, that's an oyster shell. That's a big amount we are dealing with or put much effort for research. Fishery and also the forestry, they occupy about 50 to 55 percent of the waste amount. The extraction technology was developed under the government's 5 plus 2 innovative industries plan. Launched in 2017, the plan includes promoting the circular economy, an economic model that turns waste into treasure. Since 2017, the Agricultural Council has developed techniques and technologies to support the circular economy. We have uh, over 70 techniques have been developed. Then uh, among, among them, we have about over 30 techniques have been uh, technology transferred to the industry. So some of the uh, technology have been uh, applied and then uh, we, you can buy some uh, product in the, in the market. These technologies and techniques focus on getting value out of what's typically thrown away. That might be oyster shells, poultry excrement, or sawdust substrate bags left over from growing mushrooms. The most uh, abundant amount of the waste is, uh, for example, the mushroom cultivation uh, medium waste and also the rice straw, so that's the big part in the agricultural part. And, uh, we uh, still have some other researches result. For example, we have uh, uh, probably 0 0.9 uh, billion of the, the money the industry put in their uh, investment. 
These techniques and technologies are already making an impact. So far, they have reduced carbon emissions by 92,000 metric tons, equivalent to the carbon reduction achieved by 300 Daan forest parks. To promote the circular economy, the COA has launched a nationwide exhibition featuring 76 R&D projects, 31 of which have already been transformed into products. The show will be held at 18 different locations from October 6th to November 3rd. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Huang Pinghan in Taipei. Staying on recycling, heat packs are a common sight in the winter. But have you ever used one to cook a meal? A new product made from oyster shells promises to cook a meal safely and quickly and reduce pollution at the same time. The Fisheries Research Institute has developed the heat bag as a new source of income for fishing communities. Open the heat bag and place it with water into the box. With the food in a separate layer, put the lid on for five minutes and watch the steam escape as the food cooks. These heat bags contain oyster shells. When water is added, a chemical reaction occurs, releasing heat and bringing the temperature up to 80 degrees Celsius. That's enough to heat up a normal instant meal packet. Every year, more than 20,000 tons of oyster shells are thrown away in Taiwan unused. That's why the Fisheries Research Institute funded this innovation to make a product from waste shells. In fishing villages in Zhanghua, Yunning, Jiayi, and Tainan, you can see piles of oyster shells accumulate. It causes environmental pollution. This product could be especially useful for senior citizens, as it's more convenient and safe. Another market to consider is the growing number of campers. People usually go to camp in the mountains, and there they might want to have a bit of seafood. This is a great product that's easy to take with you. The Institute is releasing a set that includes the heat bag with an instant meal made of several fish. The oyster shell heat bags are environmentally friendly, but also cheap to produce and safe. Most heat bags on the market are still mostly made with calcium oxide. The natural oyster shell heat bags from the Fisheries Research Institute are made from about 80% oyster shells. Their advantage, the difference between them and others on the market, is that their ingredients are more natural and also they're very cheap to produce. The institute is currently applying for a patent and hopes to keep improving the quality of the products. Now fall is here, which means it's time for a crab feast. Every year, hotels in Taiwan compete to offer patrons the best crab delicacies in fall, and 2020 is no exception. Let's see what unusual recipes chefs have this year. Freshly cooked mud crab is covered in chili pepper, lemongrass and a lemon fish sauce. A mouth-watering fresh lemongrass chili crab is served. Also on the menu, this pineapple red curry crab. The mud crab is drizzled in the special red curry sauce and placed into a pineapple shell. Coconut milk sets off the succulent crab meat and roe. It's a little bit spicy. This is the first red curry cooked with fruit I've seen. Together with the crab, it's sweet and sour and rather delicious. Taiwanese people are quite keen on Thai cuisine. Pineapple is good for you and goes well with the crab. Traditionally, autumn is the season for eating crab, and big hotel restaurants have to fight for the title of best crab on the menu. These unique dishes are sure to give diners' taste buds a treat. Taipei and New Taipei have beat out Paris and Australia's Perth for the right to host the 2025 World Masters Games, a global multi-sport competition. The mayors of the two cities appeared together in a promotional film celebrating the joint bid. 
The World Masters Games is held once every four years and the next one will be hosted by the Kansai region of Japan in 2021. It's open to athletes ranging from 25 to 35 years old, depending on the sport. Athletes compete as individuals rather than as members of a national team.